0: Welcome to the Bullish Drive Podcast, where we explore the realms of faith, mental performance, and personal testimonies through conversations with high-level performers. Join us as we extract valuable insights from their experiences to supercharge your pursuit of peak performance. This is the Bullish Drive Podcast. What's up, fam, and welcome back to the Bullish Drive podcast. And I've played a handful of sports, starting with the exhilarating game of t-ball to soccer in high school, introducing rugby into my repertoire. And for a short season, I participated in combat sports, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai. While many sports allows you the opportunity to work with others on a team, share the load, and build that trust, martial arts rests on your abilities and yours alone. It's a unique sport and the amount of effort you put into training can be seen unfiltered when competition happens. However, there is a different mindset that comes from it. There's no participation award. There's a clear winner and loser, and there is the expectation of accepting that outcome. So with so much weight riding on your performance and yours alone, how do you manage situations that no longer go in your favor? Well, our guest today demonstrates this next mental skill beautifully as he discusses his transition from the medical world to the fighting world. Here's a quick breakdown. You know when you go to a museum, you look at all the artwork and their beautiful frames? Well, museums will pay someone hundreds of dollars to pick out specific frames for the artwork, and the reason is because the frame sets the stage and the feeling for the artwork inside. This is the idea behind the mental skill we call reframing. Now reframing is a psychological technique aimed at altering how individuals perceive and interpret situations, thoughts, or experiences. By encouraging a shift in perspective and the consideration of alternative viewpoints, reframing helps individuals reevaluate and reframe challenging circumstances in a more positive or constructive light. Now, This approach, often used in cognitive behavioral therapy, facilitates emotional regulation, stress reduction, improved coping skills, enhanced problem-solving abilities, and an overall sense of well-being. Research shows that reframing empowers individuals to manage emotions, reduce stress, cultivate resilience, and develop adaptive responses to life's adversities, contributing to enhanced mental and emotional wellness and research substantiates the efficacy of reframing in promoting mental and emotional well-being. It provides individuals with a tool to regulate emotions, manage stress, and cultivate resilience by altering their perception of challenging situations. Reframing encourages a positive outlook, better coping strategies, and creative problem-solving, ultimately fostering a more adaptive and healthier approach to navigating life's complexities. However, it's essential to recognize that reframing might not be a one-size-fits-all solution, and its effectiveness can vary depending on the individual and the context, highlighting the importance of personalized guidance from a mental performance coach. The way we frame our lives can have its roots on various aspects, from where we were born to who we look up to as role models, the videos we view on the daily or the publications we read. One major step in regaining control over our lives is learning how to do the reframing ourselves. Like in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, there is an answer for everything. If you can calm your mind long enough to solve the problem, you can find the solution. See life is a game of chess and it takes a player's ability to understand the rules of the game and shift their mindset and perspective to achieve the victory. Just like in Romans 12 too, reminding us not to conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We are required to shift our mindsets from what the world may attempt to instill in us. The boy David, when battling Goliath, was the only person on the battlefield that referred to the giant as simply Goliath. David did not see a giant, but an obstacle, an obstacle similar to the bears and the lions he had defeated many times before as a shepherd watching his flock. In order to achieve peak performance, we are required to renew our minds, remove the worldly names given to the obstacles before us, and reframe them to achieve our goals. Now, I am incredibly honored and excited to introduce the highest ranked Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt in Minnesota, who owns a massive gym in Rochester, my former MMA coach, Mario Roberto. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks again, James. Thanks for having me over on the podcast. It's a pleasure to you know to talk to you after all those years. And yeah. uh, I have a pretty, uh, I would say call it a, a different journey because I, I was never planning on doing what I do for a living. It was uh, simply a matter of of luck or or accidents should I say, Um, I was always had a more of an academic career in mind. So I actually went to medical school in Brazil, I was, you know, graduated, I have an MD degree. And uh, during that process of my childhood, early youth and during medical school, I was competing actively in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and then later on in MMA. And mind you, this is, you know, when I was competing in MMA, it was 97, 98. So mm-hmm. it wasn't really mixed martial arts. It was yeah. no-holds-barred is what we call a There is the word in Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I always had a passion for those things. And I always had a passion for sharing that with others and once I moved to the US I had a window of opportunity here where until I got certified to, to practice medicine and apply for residency programs in the US mm-hmm. I needed to find something to do so I started teaching started coaching and uh, as I did that I realized all of a sudden that I really like this lifestyle it's a great lifestyle and and I'm really blessed I'm one of you know very few people can really say, Uh, they do what they love for a living. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, on my nights off, I got nights off from the gym now. The business has grown. I got other instructors. What do I find myself doing? I find myself driving to the gym and being on the mats <laughs> as a student, you know, Love because that. that's where my friends are. You know, I, I, I'm really blessed and that's basically my journey. So I've been doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu since um, 1989. So it's been a while. Uh, I've been a black belt now for 25 years. It was just July 14 was my black belt anniversary. So I've been doing Jiu-Jitsu is all I know. It's more than what I do. It's who I am in a lot of ways. And now, you know, to, the opportunity to coach and, and share some of those, you know, those experiences
0: is, is awesome, man, it's it's the dream. I love just hearing how you just fell into um, this opportunity to do what you love to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's we, we talk about it all the time, but I think a lot of people get in this fixed mindset where they're like, oh, but this is just how life is. Like, I have to do this nine to five job. I have to wake up early and i have to do these things there's a lot of motivation and driving factors you would have to work in yourself to keep driving towards your dream um how does that intertwine with like your uh, brazilian jiu-jitsu journey and just the confidence in being able to follow through with that motivation
1: i think uh for starters uh, uh what i see is like you got to have
0: enthusiasm
1: in your life for everything that you do it doesn't matter if you're doing you know, because we all go through phases in our lives where we're not doing, we're not living the dream, man. You know, when mm-hmm. you start, you're supposed to go through through some hardship. Everybody goes yeah. through times in their lives where they hate it. Mm-hmm. And they hate the times and then they end up hating themselves. I try to avoid mm-hmm. that attitude. And I've been through quite a lot of, you know, I've been through a, a very bad divorce. I've been through some losses in my life, a tough mm-hmm. childhood. But I always made the decision to be enthusiastic about what I'm going through. And instead of seeing mm-hmm. it as a, a as a challenge, that it's unsurmountable. I'm seeing this as an opportunity that was placed in my life for me to turn into a better person, to develop myself. And I'm telling you right now that if you're an enthusiastic person, that is just contagious. And if you really, it doesn't matter what you're doing. I've been, a a lot of people don't do that, but I don't know that, but I drove a truck, a propane truck. I deliver a propane truck for propane for one year. Oh, that's okay. not you, that's usually something that people look at like oh my god that's a menial job you know yeah. where you have a you know you're a doctor what are you how are you pissed that you're doing this mm-hmm. i wasn't pissed, man i was focused on being the best propane driver <laughs> in southeast minnesota yeah and i hope to be the best propane driver in the world <laughs> if time had allowed me to be that so it's all about life is you know 95 percent maybe 5% is what happens to you and 95% is how you adapt to that is how you face those things how you approach it so yeah. 95% is perspective really so you can be dealt all kinds of crazy cards it's what you do do with them that matters the most and i think that's a a good thing that has been a good principle a good steward in, in my journey so far
0: yeah how, how is the balance between outcome versus process ben like how do cuz i know a lot of people can get kind of tunnel visioned on the outcome of their mm-hmm. journeys. And when the outcome doesn't come fast enough, like on their own time, they, they drop it. They go to something else that feels like that outcome will come faster. So how have you balanced that out to maintain laser focus on the process that you're in and keeping that mindset? I think a lot of it is understanding that you're really not entitled
1: to anything in this world, right? you mm-hmm. got to go out and get it. And the if you are a go-getter, the first thing that you gotta get it out of your mind is this, you know, this thought of like instant gratification, right? We yeah. live in a society where we are conditioned for instant gratification. You know, we're, yeah. we we hear a beep on our phones, and we're all oh, I'm gonna check it to see because I got a like on my Instagram. You know, oh, I I, I you know I'm hungry. I can drive maybe a block and get a you know a burger at mcdonald's you got to detach yourself from this culture there's a reason Mm. i I believe i don't want to be a conspiracy theorist but i believe there's a reason why people are developing and conditioning us for those responses and if you are if you accept that conditioning that life imposes on you you will you are bound to live an average lifestyle Mm -hmm. being an average person and and you're going to feel cheated out of your accomplishments so you got to Take a broader view of things and look at it, okay, the it's all about the process. Even if you don't get to the outcome that you had in your mind, let's say for example, I wanted to play at the NBA, right? I'm 6'1". It's not going to happen. okay? I could have dedicated my whole life to train basketball the way I dedicated my life to fighting. And I still wouldn't be able to make it. Mm. But if that was my true goal and my true passion, I would have, through that process of pursuing that dream, gotten way better at basketball, maybe ending up playing in a semi-pro team somewhere. Maybe I didn't even make it to a semi-pro team, but I got in better shape. I made a lot of friends and connections. Maybe I found a place for me in a managerial position to be involved with the game that I love. So there's a lot of opportunities, but if you just mm. focus on, I want this, and I'm entitled to this, and this is what's gonna happen. Life is not meant to be fair, you know? So you gotta understand that, understand there's a process to go through and understand that a lot of times, even if you do everything right, and we this is a common thing in fighting, I am. Couple of students that did everything right in their careers and mm-hmm. did not end up with their end goal. Mm. That's okay, man. You went through that journey, and at the end of life, there are studies about this. the The regrets that you have are usually related to the things you have not done, not the things you mm, have done. Yep. you know. So, okay, you're gonna run into a few walls. Who cares? You know. Just understand the process is a long thing. Don't get fed into this instant gratification machine where you're. You know, you want to get your likes, you want to get your snacks. You know, understands the long road. Get in there, even if you fail at your outcome desired outcome, you're still gonna be somewhere around that, right? They say, you know, mm. there's always a, those those simple sayings, you know, like, well, if you shoot at the moon, because if you miss, you're gonna be among stars still, like, you know, which is yeah, completely yeah, yeah. astronomically incorrect, <laughs> but you get the picture, you know, if yeah. you are going for a high end goal. You're gonna get a lot out of it, even if you fail. If you go for a low end goal, even if you achieve it, okay. So what? You did something that's very average, and you know, not really, you know, doesn't inspire anybody.
0: Mm -hmm. And be
1: enthusiastic, always. You know, have a smile on your face. Be a go getter.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I love that. It's that energy that you put into it, right? And that's that 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 sets up the foundations for the experience in general. Um, You. When, when you're talking about some of the students that didn't make the outcome, you know, mm-hmm. something that stuck out to me is that you were there to at least reset their mindset or help them stay focused. And then you mentioned about how culture can, uh, is kind of like leveraging us to be more, um, impulsive, let's say, or lower our, our patience or expectations. Um, how important is it for community and how does, a young athlete place themselves in the best community that can help help them achieve what they're looking for?
1: So as an athlete, the first thing I would do is to understand that a good coach is not necessarily going to be your best friend. It's just the way it is, you know, because there, there are coaches that will cater and we live in a commercial society, right? So there are coaches yeah. that will cater to you to make you feel good to inflate your ego. And mm-hmm. that's not necessarily the coach that's gonna bring you to your potential. I always yeah. tell my students, you know, I try to be as good a coach to you guys as I can be. Unfortunately, that means that I'm not gonna coach you to feel better about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm coaching you to be better. And those are, at times, they're very different things. You see mm-hmm. this with parenting, and a lot of parents yeah. want to be friends. Oh, I'm gonna give you the candy anytime you want. I want you to love me coaches are very similar. A coach-student relationship is a very, very much a parental relationship in some levels, at the very yeah. least a dysfunctional older brother in my case. <laughs> and so I got to make sure that I'm telling those guys, you know, I'm separating the the fact that, oh, I I want to be liked by this person. I want to build a, a report. No, what is my job? To get that person to live their fullest potential to, mm-hmm. to the extent that I can help them do that, right? So a lot of times it's it's Hey man, you can't, you gotta call me when you wanna cheat on your on your meal because otherwise mm. your weight cut is gonna go to hell. Hey, yeah. you're being lazy. Oh, you you don't wanna fight on this weight. You know, that's not the path. I know this weight is easier for you. You know, we have some fighters that choose to fight at a higher weight. Oh, 170 versus 155, right? Nobody wants to be 155, but it's a better decision for your career. So sometimes you gotta have some hard words and some harsh realities mm-hmm. but you're the coach that's your 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 purpose is to be that interface to give a realistic outlook with a positive like attitude right okay mm-hmm. this is the harsh reality this is how we're going to tackle it so you get your best result and you as an athlete you got to strive to find somebody that communicates with you on that level somebody that doesn't for lack of a better term I'm sorry blow smoke and try yeah. to tell you all these nice things that you want to hear, what you want to hear, if you are feeling comfortable with your coach at all times, mm-hmm. it's great to feel good. You're you're interfacing and everything's shiny and beautiful and we never argue, but it's a, you're in the comfort zone where everything yeah. is comfortable, but nothing grows. Right. So growth, there's going to be some hardship. There's going to be some, you know, some attrition in between mm-hmm. the, the coach and, and the athlete. That's to be welcome in my view. You know, that's what it is. And I don't want to be just like a parent. I don't believe that your parents should be your best friend. Like, yeah, could be. That's great. More important has to fulfill the role of a parent. Other people Mm -hmm. can fulfill the role of best friend. Mm -hmm. Parent only one, right? I don't want to fulfill the role of a best friend to my, my, my athletes. I want to be first and foremost, their coach. Yeah. If I can be a coach and friend. Man, that's the Salt Bay yeah. on top of the stake, you know, like, great. <laughs> but uh, sometimes it just doesn't happen. Then be the coach. And I lost a lot of students throughout the years for being honest. Mm. Yeah. Coach, do you believe I can make it to the UFC? No.
0: Mm-hmm. Get a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, it's, it's, you know, you want to facilitate dreams and, and incentivize dreams. But you got to be a realistic guy.
0: Mm-hmm. at the same time you know yeah 100 i mean time's our greatest asset you know what i mean and, mm-hmm. and just just like money we can spend it poorly you know yeah so i i love i love how you said that um and there's there's definitely a level of humility and accountability required of an athlete when they're going mm-hmm. to build and grow like you said in order to grow there has to be some sort of discomfort you know that has to be accepted now now are you born a humble dude like an accountable or is that something you developed uh, i i i want to
1: call myself humble is one one characteristic (laughs) that i that i wouldn't you know if you're performing at any level of athletics at any given time Mm -hmm. uh, that's a high level of of, of athletics it's a very fine balance between humble yep and confidence right and you know you have to almost have a arrogant confidence that's narrow to your field of operation when Mm. you walk in there especially in combat sports you got to believe i am the best (laughs) because if you don't believe that to begin with you the only if you say i am not the best you're right whether you're right or wrong you know what i mean so so if you don't believe it first how can you materialize how can you make that 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 mental image work for you it's not going to work Okay. so even if you are the best, if you have second thoughts about that, you're not going to be the best. So it's a fine balance with that. But no, I was actually, you know, I went through a very hard childhood in Mm. in my life and I was very blessed that I was a very nerdy kid and I got access to the right books at the right time. Mm. And I basically did my whole growth, my whole upbringing, pretty much, I would like to say by myself. So my moral bringing my values, my my philosophy of life were developed from reading philosophers. And as a nerdy kid and a kid that really I, I didn't even want to play group sports because I wasn't yeah. a, an achiever in group sports. So I avoided that. School breaks, I didn't want to be bullied. Oh, so why would I go to the library and read? And at the time, I was lucky enough to get into a lot of stoicism as a kid, you know, mm-hmm. and, and simplified versions of it. but. Enough that nowadays everybody, it's so popular. Back then it was. Where I started understanding a couple of values, it gave me discipline. And mm-hmm. and, and it's interesting that that uh, I was just watching a, a video and there's, somebody said there are studies that people that go through, through some sort of childhood hardship, there's a level to that, a correlation with a level of hard, hardship and outcome in life. And mm-hmm. at one point, that hardship, like that trauma, abuse, whatever it is that you meet, it increases your performance later on in life, which is kind of a understandable phenomenon. Not, a, I'm not yeah. saying it's a desirable phenomenon by any means. Right. You don't want to go through that. I, if when I have a kid, he's going to be in a much more you know fostering environment than I was. But some hardship in life, usually the output is like if people don't break, they become hard and they become focused and they understand mm. values more. They become more. Thankful for what they have. And I think that's what happened with me. Of course, it comes to a breaking point where the abuse is too much and you go, performance goes downhill and you end up people, drugs, whatever it is. But I was blessed in that sense that I end up in a good path. And I always understood it. I'm I'm not good at many things, but I'm good at putting myself through a lot of hard work and not complaining. Mm. So I can withstand a whole amount of pain, be it emotional, physical, or mental, and grind through that forever. And 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 if you have that characteristic, and you and you tie that in, w- putting work in the right areas of your life, you can go through a lot. You can get through an academic program that's a difficult program. You can get through a, through uh, uh, an athletic career, you know, and and do well. You know, you can do a lot with the power of your mind. It's a, it's really untapped for most people, but you gotta. The programming is comfort. It's so like well-established now that we're losing a lot of that people have Mm -hmm. to come to somebody like you a specialist in the area to cultivate Mm -hmm. that versus if you were you know where we don't have soft people man if you go to you know and I've traveled the world if you go to Africa out there you know middle of nowhere where people have to you know run for to hunt run 15 miles in in a row to, to hunt for the day and if you don't make that kill you don't get to eat that day There's no soft people. There's nobody stopping and saying my feet hurt, you know. But now we have so much comfort in our Western civilization that that men specifically are getting weak. You know, Mm -hmm. I think even the females are not being nearly as affected. You see a lot of stronger women now because men are becoming so weak. I think they're trying to fulfill that role, you know. So we need to step up as athletes and as men and, and start to to somehow cultivate that that warrior mentality whatever you want to call it that hard Mm -hmm. uh being a hard person being a a, a person of resilience you know of determination
0: yeah yeah i mean there's so many jokes right now about the comparison to like even the early 2000s you know what kids used to Mm -hmm. do outside and what kids do now like kids kids fell out of trees and they'd come back and parents had to get upset at them because they're like Oh. oh i'm fine but now like an ipad breaks and they're in tears You know what I mean? BB gun,
1: you know, fights. Not a big deal.
0: I'm like, really? Just imagine if your
1: kid had a BB gun nowadays, you'd be like freaking out. You know, so things change. And I think obviously there, again, everything, there are good things about that. There are bad things about that. But overall, one thing that I've observed is it's really hard for us, especially nowadays, to find an athlete that walks in here and has that mindset. And I'll tell you one more uh, observation, completely empirically here but i i feel that the urbanites versus mm-hmm. the farm kids it's a completely different view oh yeah you know so yep. you, when you get somebody that has to wake up and and, and especially dairy farmers which is a routine mm-hmm. you know you have to wake up there are no days off there's no holiday you got to milk that cow man yeah and it has to happen you have a, 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 an approach to hardship that's diff- different that doesn't mean you you get some people that are wired different i came from an affluent family uh, and, and I got that wired somehow, some way through circumstances. So it's not a, you know absolute rule, but overall, I would say the more urban the kid, the more sheltered that person is the less uh, of, of a mental preparation. They will have a mental background. They will have to perform well in athletics. Mm-hmm. You will definitely need that kid to pursue a training with somebody like you to rewire the whole thing so they can get the most out of their, uh, out of their career, out of their mind. Yeah. Inside and outside of, of the mats or ring or
0: pool, or whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what I think I'm hearing is, is consistency, right? Consistency mm-hmm. of doing these things over and over and over again. So your body and your mind gets used to it. I'm definitely in the same camp as you when it comes to that shift that's happening. And that's the reason why I, I'm very passionate about helping the next mm-hmm. generation like we we yeah. gotta build up the next generation we know? we need that we need mm-hmm. figures that, that that stand
1: up and and uh, i get asked that a lot because it's like oh man how do you build the number one i'm not sure about you but you know mm-hmm. being in the fighting business the number one thing i get asked when it comes to the mental game is like oh, how do i i build mental toughness because mm-hmm. most people yep. lack it yeah and and i i was just having this conversation with with a couple of students here and i said man You know, if I had a dime for every time somebody tells me, you don't know me, man, when push comes to shove, when that situation comes, when a big time fight comes or when when I'm in a fight, man, I see red, I'm going to perform. You have no idea. No, no, no. You have no idea what it takes, you know, And, and you don't understand like mental toughness is is a matter of habit, in my opinion. So I was telling them that every day you have a multitude of 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 actions that seem very small to you, but they they have a big repercussion because they're habit forming. So you wake up, you go out there, what do you do? You you know, you go there, brush your teeth, okay? You're supposed to brush your teeth for two minutes, you know that, but you know what? You're a little tired, you just wanna do it for 30 seconds and you say, okay. So that was a fork on the road. So at that point in your life, you had two decisions. Take the easy route, or take the right route, and you chose the easy route. Yeah. All right. Not a big deal, right? Then you go and you take a, and then do <laughs> I flush and lower the toilet seat, and you go, ah, no, nah, I don't really want to do that. You know, I was like, oh, you go in the shower. Oh, do I do I need to wash my hair today? Whatever it is, like life is a continuum of smaller branches on the road where you always have two options: do I do the right thing, and do I do, or do I do the easy thing? They Mm -hmm. are rarely the same, rarely they're the same. So it's a binary uh, uh, formula. And by choosing, constantly choosing and skipping on the small things, you're creating a pattern. What makes you think if you're willing to to choose the easy path on something as small as an extra minute and a half on the toothbrush, that when push comes to shove and we're half pain, physical, mental, emotional involved, that you're gonna make the right path, the right choice. You're not this thing is a habit man so i tell them okay start with the small stuff make yourself do something hard wake up do some what you don't want to do in the morning oh yeah i don't want to exercise in the morning i'm lazy okay then wake up and do 50 push-ups do that for two and a half weeks see how it feels okay all of a sudden oh okay i'm good with those push-ups okay what what you would really hate well really hate after those push-ups to take a cold shower Mm. that would be terrible okay how about introduce a cold shower in your life start with small changes that are getting you, and it's just like you said, there has to be discomfort to have progress in life with any, anything. It doesn't have to be permanent damage to your body, but right. there has to be a degree of pain. If yeah. so you go to the gym and you see all those guys who are going to the gym out there, you know, and you do the same set, they carry out their little card that was issued by their personal trainer three years ago, Mm-hmm. And they have the same poundage and the same number of reps. And you're going through the same program mm-hmm. every day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What are you doing? You know, right. like you've got to get out of that comfort zone. So mm-hmm. build a habit of you want to build mental toughness. I always tell my students, build a habit with it. Start with a small, mm-hmm. you know, and then move on to the bigger stuff. And then we can talk about what you can do to, you know, get to that level.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that that whole segment right there was so good. <laughs> I, appreciate no, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Inside, it. Man. No, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I I, um, I, think I just heard a interview of Kobe Bryant talking about something very similar. You know, it's just those little like habits, those little choices you make. And at the end of the day, you know, now you've just had a whole day of choosing, like you said, the, the easy route out. And mm-hmm. now you've built that behavior into your into your schedule. No, that's that's so good. Um, something that happens a lot when I'm meeting new clients is, you know, I get a lot of angry clients. You know, mm-hmm. I got a lot of clients that come that are just angry. They're 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 angry because they didn't get opportunities, they're angry and so they let it out on sports. It where where does anger fit in in developing into high level athletic competition? And what are you do There's a place for it. I think it,
1: especially when it comes to,
0: to to sports, there's a place
1: to it at some point when it comes to combative sports, right? Okay. But I think the type of anger that we, we talk about, you briefly mentioned, there are two types, right? First yep. is is we have a sign at the entrance of our gym that says nobody owes you anything. Mm. And there is this, this anger that we develop by by getting the society softer and softer that I feel like, oh, I didn't get what I want. It's somebody else's fault, right? Yeah. Yep. And that anger of that entitlement-based anger, I think this needs to just be wiped off the face of the planet. I think to me, that's the worst. I came in here, I'm not bragging, but I came Mm -hmm. in here to the United States with two, I I gave up a pretty successful career as an MD in, in Brazil. I had a very good pathway. I came in here to start anew. And all I had, all my possessions I had were two suitcases. Okay. I came in here, I didn't come in here with my nose up thinking, oh my God, man. Uh, oh, I'm an immigrant, you know, like, oh, I, I deserve this, I deserve right. that, you know, yeah. people need to adapt to my ways, you know, I put my nose to the ground, I was teaching at a gym, before you came to our gym, I was in a different location, that was really rough, you mm-hmm. know, I measured the temperature on the mats one one winter here, 36 degrees on the mats, you know, yeah. and I I didn't even have the money. Like I was Mm. so broke. I made $60 on the first month of business, $60 on the first month, okay? And I didn't make any money in the first three years. And I didn't even have enough money to buy a bike to go from my place to the gym. And you know, my thought process could be, well, life is so unfair. Look at this, Mm -hmm. The, 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 the big twist of fate where I go from being in a comfortable house. My house in Brazil had a swimming pool with an artificial waterfall in it and here i am having to walk through minnesota winters <laughs> one of two options you face that as uh, you know what i i was enthusiastic about that you know man that's great what you know god is great gives me the opportunity here to go mm-hmm. through this hardship and this is going to make me so much better so much tougher so stop with the whining about oh yeah. my god you know i didn't get what i want you know okay you got hardship in your life i mean Rise up to the occasion, welcome it because you know, the hardship comes to either break you or to make your shoulders broader. That's right. So, weight on your shoulders, it can do one of two things. All it is again, 5% reality, 95% approach to it. Approach mm. it with, 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 you know, a good intent. Yeah. That being said, in combative sports, the very interesting thing because a lot of people are exercising their demons. And I'm sure this Mm. is true in more than just competitive sports, but competitive sports because of the nature that you're actually physically engaging with another human being. A lot of time Mm. you have childhood uh, trauma, uh, anger towards being bullied, uh, from being bullied and whatnot. And at first, I think that's a good channel Mm. to put that anger to because that anger eventually, it's gonna go somewhere, right? So if you can channel it to athletics, it's good. Yes. however once you got to the violent application of, of of combative sports you understand that when you're when it comes to competing there is no room for emotion right so when you are at that performance stage it's the the complexity of of combat sports did not allow you to be emotional mm. um, very interesting thing if you notice, powerlifting versus Olympic weightlifting, right? You look, you watch a powerlifting, powerlifter walk up to the bar. Yeah. What does he do? He will slap himself and he will like yell and go, ah! and then he will go in there and pull. It's a very guttural, it's a very emotional, it's a very fight or flight driven mm-hmm. mechanism. Why is that? Okay. First, because it's a very simplistic motion, right? A deadlift not saying it's not complex in itself, but compared right. to an Olympic weightlift. Then you look at the Olympic weightlifters. There's no slapping. Mm-hmm. There's no they approach the bar in silence. They're approaching the bar and trying to calm their minds. Mm-hmm. Because when you go into that fight or flight mode, when you engage in motion to harness extra power, it comes at a cost of loss of fine motor control. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so complex motion is very hard to maintain when you got that you know, fight or flight response to a yeah. 12. Yeah. So they don't want to engage that. They want to calm themselves to then pull huge amounts of weight and put it overhead. So it's a completely different mechanism. And then the same thing happens in fighting. If you start getting emotion, how many times you see this where people get into somebody's mind? What does it mean when mm-hmm. I got into my opponent's mind? It means that I own a little piece of his emotional state. Yep. I have a little territory marked in there. And if you allow people to have that territory, you're not operating 100%. Your thoughts are not going to be clear. So you can harness that emotion. The best people will be able to harness that emotion. I don't like the fighter that I'm going to face. So I'm going to train harder. Okay, But at the time of confrontation, they are able to become clinical in their application of violence. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to achieve. That takes a lot of control. Those are the best people out there, you know, but you want to separate the emotion. Oh, I'm nervous and fighting. Throw up in the locker room. There are examples of USC champions that would throw up after every, before yeah. ever, ev- every single fight. But that's how they dealt with. There has to be, a, 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 you know, a stop mechanism in there where you let it all go and mm-hmm. then you come in. And it varies from athlete to athlete, but you definitely don't want to, them walking in there angry right at anything angry at themselves angry at the opponent angry at the world not good they have to be clear-minded so the application of violence is clinical at that level when we're talking it, especially mixed martial arts
0: you know man that's so, so good yeah mm-hmm. that's good well you know I, I hate to say that we're coming close to the end of our time if you guys are interested you're in the southern Minnesota area check out mrjja.com. Hey, yes, yeah.
1: MRJJ.com. I'm on Instagram yeah. at, at Roberto JJ, and that's my just personal Instagram. So a couple of my rants in there, too. So <laughs> if you're into the you know mental toughness stuff, yeah. I'm into it as well. And always challenge yourself. I think my message would be don't take anything for granted in your life. Yep. stop whining. You know, there are two types of people. You want to be a doer. You know, yep. you don't want to be a complainer. You can sit with, you know, there are some people that, that get hardship and they will rise that to mm. to heights that you couldn't imagine. Every success story that we love is of somebody that made it through the hardest possible path. It's not the guy right. that received it on a platter. And yet, when we look at our own lives, we want the platter version. That's Give me right. the prize that's not not congruent right so right, right. Uh, you want to make sure that you you are operating with welcoming every single piece of hardship as an opportunity to look at things instead of challenges as opportunities and you know when you take a vacation force yourself to do something that's different go challenge yourself don't don't sit by a beach sipping on a margarita man how old that gets old man. right you know. so go do something grow yeah and thank I love you that. again appreciate the opportunity to, to talk to you and seeing you after all this uh, these years you
0: know thanks mario again it was great to catch up thank you appreciate it james and to our listeners i would love to connect and hear your journeys so reach out to us at www.bullishdrive.com thank you for joining us we'll see you next week and always remember it starts with you and your destiny is waiting peace